Hello and welcome to the one and only podcast you need in your life for keeping up with the latest and greatest at Elmwood Park. This is Parkside Chat, where you get the 411 on District 401. I'm your host, Aaron Sulmer, and for this 10th episode of Parkside Chat, we are talking safety. My three distinguished guests today are Mr. Bernhard Walkie, AP of EPHS, Miss Margaret Delbaccio, nurse for Elm, and Isaiah Hernandez, school nurse at EPHS. All right, guests, before we launch in, we always like a warm-up question. So, due to popular demand, today's warm-up question is, what is something that an average person or, or is pretty normal to do or have done that you have not? So, for instance, I've lived in Chicagoland my whole life, and I have never been in the Sears or Willis Tower. I guess like most young children, young girls, um, I never learned and I still don't know how to do a cartwheel. Uh-huh. Go figure. <laughs> um, you know, I consider myself a really good home cook. Um, my, my recipes are pretty impressive. But the one recipe that has eluded me for 10 to 15 years is Mexican rice. I can't make it to save my life. It's, huh. like, it's like tomato-y oatmeal. It's disgusting. That, that just put a flavor in everyone's mouth listening. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I've lived in Chicago my whole life, but I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't know how to take the train. Mm-hmm. We are here, if you didn't catch the theme, to talk about health, safety, nurses in Elmwood Park. So let's, let's start with an easy question. Since students have been back in person, we've been using an app, a platform called Crisis Go. Uh, so for listeners who don't know, who might not be experiencing this if they're students remote, what, what is that experience like uh, for families? And from your perspective, what is, what is it, what has been the experience? There's a series of questions, I don't know, maybe four to five questions yeah. that are asked um, that need to be answered by parents, et cetera. I do think it is a good way to um, try to um, have some of the students, you know, a majority of the students come in in a safe way, meaning any symptoms, et cetera, which is one of the questions on the form. Um, it does help um, our job, to, like I said, to keep the safety within the school and to eliminate, um, obviously, any exposures or anything of that sort. I think from our end at the high school, um, clearly, like, anything that, you know, is new was a little confusing in the beginning, a couple a couple bumps that we had to iron out. Um, but I would say that the parents um, from our end, too, have been really great about filling it out. Um, and if they hadn't filled it out, they've been available by phone, too, to confirm the, that there were no symptoms and so forth. So um, if there are any parents listening to this, just a thank you to them for, for participating in this and, and going through yet another step um, to get our kids back into school. And um, I have a, a child in, who's in school as well. So I promptly, I, I fill one out at 5.30 a.m. and then another for myself at 6 a.m. So um, it's pretty painless, though. For sure. And great. Yeah, for families out there, too. I, they might not realize this, but all staff, like anyone walking into the building needs to, need to fill this out. It's not just students and, and families. All right. So crisis goes kind of the first step that students experience in this whole chain of chain of events that get them in the building and get them going and get our contract tracing. So how about students who don't feel well before coming to school? Like what's the procedure for them? How do how do we interact with those students? For the students who don't feel well before coming to school, just point blank, don't come. Uh, Your school nurse for the building will reach out if parents uh, based on whatever they say on the attendance line and your school nurse will follow up. And what would be the, I know there's probably so many different situations, but what would that look like with a follow-up? Like what are a couple different options that families could go through? Yeah. So your school nurse would follow up and just ask you what symptoms they're feeling. Uh, they're trying to rule out COVID. 
a lot of the times just to see if it's new. It might be something that they ate yesterday that they're not feeling well. This, I know a student from the elementary school had a stomach ache because he ate a bean burrito for breakfast and wasn't able to come to school. But some of these cases can be really serious, you know, like they could, they might have been a close contact to some of these people living in their home or somebody from school or their um, after school programs or their weekend programs. And oftentimes, too, I mean, students who do stay home, too, um, if they feel well enough, too, they can participate in remote learning or from, you know, from home, too. So there's still that opportunity, if they're not feeling 100%, to still engage in learning um, and to hopefully uh, keep pace with the rest of the class. Okay, so that covers students who didn't feel well while coming in. But what about students who are in school and then start to not feel so great? So if a student starts to not feel well at school, they should be sent to the nurse's office for assessment. We're living in a time now where COVID is our highest priority and taken seriously, but we tend to forget, myself included, that symptoms such as stomach aches and headaches can root from something else. Students may feel really nervous about being at school and get a stomach ache, or like I said earlier, eat a big bean burrito for breakfast and get a stomach ache from that. Some students forget to eat their breakfast, drink water, or take a mask break and develop a headache. If a nurse suspects and sees symptoms that look rooted from COVID or any other illness, we send that student home and recommend them to see a doctor and require a doctor's note before they come back. Because of that, that's what these school nurses are here for. Our goal is to keep all students and staff safe and healthy. Let's, let's talk about that for a moment. It's really interesting to think about, you know, all the stuff that happens normally throughout the school year in a regular year without COVID, such as students coming down needing a Band-Aid, they, you know, skin their knee, maybe they're having a headache, something like that, is all still going on with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, how do you deal with trying to figure out, I, I'm, you know, what does it look like as you're trying to tease this apart? Based on our uh, field of expertise and our educational background in this, um, we do ask the necessary questions. Um, such as, again, I hate to reference back and forth to a bean burrito, um, but, you know, that may be one of the many questions that you ask. Okay, I will, I'll switch it up. I had um, a student that stayed up all night um, and ate two um, packages of cookies. Um, regardless, if somebody is home, obviously, with an upset stomach, I mean, routinely, it would be, let's stay home for 24 hours and see what happens if there's any more symptoms that persist. Um, so that would be probably the next steps as far as right now with, like I said, everything, like you said, that normally happens, whether it's Band-Aids, et cetera, versus COVID. So. The district also has access to rapid testing, right? We do. Yeah. So is that something, how, how do we give that out? How do we handle that? So um, we do have rapid COVID tests available. Um, currently, how we are allocating them or using them within the schools is um, if there's a child um, that comes into the nurse's office complaining of any type of symptoms where we may correlate that with COVID or um, upon parents' request when calling the parents to update them um, on, about their child, um, we can take them. Uh, we do have specialized areas um, with tents, et cetera, um, that's separate from everybody, where we can take the child and um, do a rapid test on them. It's a very simple swab that goes up each nostril, and um, which then is processed through a solution, et cetera. And it only takes about 15 minutes. And we Pretty are rapid. Pretty yeah. rapid, yes, hence the name. So yes, we could actually get results as fast as 15 minutes. Um, now the accuracy of rapid tests may not be um, 
as good as PCR testing, which may take anywhere from 24 to 72 hours to get results. But for what we um, need right now, currently in the building, et cetera, it works perfectly. Um, it's non-invasive, um, it is quick, and we are able to make necessary actions right thereafter. Okay, so we have a student, they do the rapid test, they get a positive. What, what happens then? What does the interface look like between the school district and the community and IDPH? How does the whole process work? So, so how it starts at the school is if they turn positive at the school, we keep them in our designated isolation areas until a parent or guardian can pick them up. And then after that, we let our building administrators know who that individual was and the school nurse and the building principal and the assistant principal work really hard together to um, find and contact trace who those close contacts were deemed. Um, and after that, we notify those close contacts and we report that stuff to the Cook County Department of Public Health. And then we as building administrators too will send communications to, um, to families and to stakeholders and to relevant people, um, noting that there has been a case while at the same time um, respecting the privacy of the individual. Yeah, and a special shout out to the students who are still participating in extracurricular events because they still need to pay attention to the crisis go, they need to wear masks, uh, there's a lot of differences that are going on here. And I know in the previous podcast, I, I talked to uh, some coaches and we talked about that. So if you're interested in hearing more about student athletics, check out episode nine. Getting back to health and safety, what about some positives that it come about from this whole thing? Have there been anything that we've adapted to or we've changed some procedures or going forward, something we want to take away from this whole thing? Well, I want to say that both Margaret and I are new nurses to the district. We both just started in January and the backgrounds that we come from are bedside and at the hospital. Uh, I worked as a patient care tech before I became a nurse over here and uh, Margaret worked on a an actual COVID unit where she she spent a, a lot of the time of the pandemic over there before she switched over to a school nursing role. And it's very different. Um, I like seeing our kids healthy and happy. Do you have any desire to talk about like your journey that led you to the nursing field? I never wanted to be a nurse at first. I wanted to be a teacher. And um, later down the road, um, I found out that teaching really wasn't for me and found out that nursing was a field that know called more out to me um but working at a school as a school nurse you're kind of in that environment where like how margaret said you're still in in an educational setting where you do teach you teach these students um how to handle their diabetes how to handle their asthma how to hand wash properly for especially for those little kids and sometimes maybe even the high schoolers need a couple educational stuff about that too but it's so different, like how I said, from the bedside setting that um, I'm very happy to be here, honestly, wholeheartedly, that, um, that I found the best of both worlds being here. My story is sort of similar to Isaiah's. Um, I sort of hodgepodged around for a little bit um, until I started working in, in a hospital setting, um, which then I felt that I could do more. And I was looking for the appropriate fields that would make me feel that satisfaction, and that was nursing. Um, not only um, do I get to help people, um, I get to educate them, and I get to interact with some wonderful medical staff and be able to collaborate um, necessary uh, plans um, and hopefully 
positive outcomes for our patients and trying to figure out what's best for them, um, not only now, but also in the future in the long run. Do either of you have connections in your family to, to the medical field, or was this kind of something you just found yourself in? In all honesty, um, almost everybody in my family is in the business field. Um, I'm sort of the outsider. Um, I always thought I had to follow in my older sister's footsteps um, until I really found what it was that I really loved and was passionate about. I'm the complete opposite for a Margaret situation. I have a lot of family members that are actually in the medical field, and that was actually one of the reasons why I didn't want to go into nursing in the first place. Mm. Um, they did the double, triple check right after I graduated high school and made sure that nursing was something that I really wanted to do before I even pursued it. And like I said earlier, it is a really big calling. So that's how I got into it. I love being able to help people all the way from babies and all the way up until people all the way in their hundreds. What would you say to young people listening who are interested in going into the healthcare profession? What I would tell a young um, people that are interested in the medical field is if that's honestly what you want to do, go for it. Um, again, I, obviously I'm partial, but I can't think of a more promising and exhilarating and just an overall good feel of a field um, than the medical field. It is a lot of work and make sure that you are really putting your um, 110% into this career. It's, um, it's a lot of work after school and while you're in school. Um, and for the people who are listening, and if you're in the high school, you can always uh, stop by our offices just to ask us a couple questions if you want to know more about it, what um, street, like what way you can streamline or what kind of field you might be interested into going into in the field of nursing or in the medical field. All right. Well, I know I speak for the district when I say thank you for all your hard work you've been doing during this time. It's definitely something that doesn't go unnoticed by the district, by the community, by the students even. So I, I do want to thank you. Is there any other parting information? If parents still have more questions, where can they go to find more information? Anything else you want to leave with a parting thought? Um, parents can, um, I know there's um, plenty of information uh, posted on um, the district website. If not, um, obviously, please feel free um, to contact any nurse um, at any school within the district. Um, we are more than happy to speak with you, answer any questions, or provide you with any extra information. Um, and even so, if maybe we don't have all the answers, um, we will definitely guide you in the right direction um, to get those answers. So please feel free, like I said, to reach out anytime. All right. Thank you three so much for being my guest today. To our listeners, thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed your time. Stay healthy, be good citizens, and make good choices. I'm your host, Aaron Selmer. This has been Parkside Chat. Until next time.